Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. My name is still Dave. I am excited to have a guest return to this show, a friend who is a 10-time world record-breaking explorer, a New York Times bestselling author of The Impossible First, a speaker, entrepreneur, and expert on mindset, his name is Colin O'Brady. He is a highly publicized expeditionist and has been followed by millions over the world as he has done world first solo unsupported feats like crossing Antarctica, taking a boat across the Drake Passage, and so many more things. He's just written another book. It's called The 12 Hour Walk, and we're going to talk about it and a whole host of things. Please, without further ado, welcome Colin O'Brady to the Rise Together podcast. Hi, Colin. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience. Maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. Hey, how are you, Dave? Great to be here with you, my friend. I love you, my brother. Uh, I'm inspired by you at all times, but uh, you've got something that... Uh, I don't know that I would have even ever given consideration to as a thing to think about, which is part of what I love about you, uh, always provoking something new. This new book, a simple but powerful idea about taking a long walk. Where did this inspiration even come from? Yeah, yeah. Excited about the new book, uh, The 12-Hour Walk, but uh, you know, it could be like the world's most boring title or something really exciting and transformative. I think it's the latter, but uh, we'll tell you why, why is it called The 12-Hour Walk? So when I was crossing Antarctica solo um, back in 2018, uh, that was a 1,000 mile journey, something no one in history had ever done from coast to coast via the South Pole, solo, unsupported. So, no resupplies of food or fuel, 375 pound sled dragging behind me, um, and uh, trying to get to the other side of the continent. Um, I did that successfully just, uh, just by the skin of my teeth on my last bite of food, quite literally. Uh, I'd lost, you know, some 40, 50 pounds. I don't know. I was a bag of bones by the end. Um, and I was walking 12 hours 
hours per day, every single day. And had I walked literally one hour less per day, anything like that, I certainly would have been nowhere near um, completing this world first crossing. Now, don't worry. This is not a story about how you too can walk across Antarctica because I'm pretty sure most people don't want to go freeze their butt off in the middle of nowhere by themselves. Uh, And I don't blame you for that. Um, But what ended up happening for me out there during those 12 hour days in the stillness, in the silence, in the quiet of my own mind was although my body got weaker and weaker, my mind got stronger and stronger. Um, And by the end, um, there might be a few people listening are familiar with my previous book, The Impossible First. The last chapter of that book is titled Infinite Love, because what I actually felt tapped into at the end of that crossing wasn't this heroic, oh, look at me. I did this world first thing. I'm so awesome. I felt connected to my family, to my wife, to love, to empathy, to compassion, to deep fulfillment and presence with my own body and mind. And I came back from that expedition so rich and clear um, in my own, kind of the most um, sort of centered place I've ever found myself in, you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, et cetera. And I thought, I thought as, as we all maybe sometimes silly do, it's like, I've got it. Like I've, I've got it, you know, like I've, I've got it forever for the rest of my life. Um, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the wisdom from that expedition has certainly continued to play out throughout my life in a multitude of different ways. But as I think you and I both know, Dave, life is full of ups and downs. Yeah. You're having a good day one day, you're having a tough day the next. Um, and that's, that's part of the human experience. And, What ended up happening for me, and I think a lot of other people can probably agree, was COVID lockdown, man, really threw me around. Um, I was, my other, my previous book was just a New York Times bestseller. I was proud to tour my book. You and I were in a really similar sequence, right? When our first books came out within a month or two of each other. And I remember you and I were like messaging each other. Oh, what are you doing on your book tour? Where are you going? Whatever. And I remember we sent like a voice memo or face. FaceTime to each other like March, end of March 2020. Like, so you sitting on your couch doing nothing? Me nothing. too. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I know all those sold out events you have, like, you know, it's just, it's just tough. Like, and look, I think you and I can probably both agree that our book tours being canceled is the least of the world's problems yep. in that moment. People are dying. People are getting sick. Borders are closing. Kids can't go to school. Like these are the world is having bigger problems. But regardless of what was happening to any of us, it was a scary and frightening time. I think we all remember spring of 2020. I mean, it certainly was for me. And I found myself on the Oregon coast um, with my wife, Jenna, uh, and our dog sitting inside for many days. And she looks at me at one point. She's like, you know, you haven't like gotten out of your pajamas um, in the last three days. And I just make sure I call it doom scrolling the news, like just another bad headline, another bad headline, just kind of like in this like fear cycle. Um, And I I was just more anxious and more upset than I've been a long time. So anyways, trying to kind of break that cycle. I was like, when was the last time I like felt good? like trying to just like shake the, shake the cobweb off. And I said, you know, when I walked across Antarctica, even though my body was beat up, it was in the silence and stillness of walking. Um, and so I said to my wife, I said, tomorrow, I'm going to go for a walk all day long. Um, just out our front door. She's like, great. I'll see you at dinner time." So I walk out the front door 20 minutes in my phone buzzes in my pocket and I decide that buzz in my pocket. My buddy's texting me. I'm about to text him back. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, do I really need to like text my buddy back right now? Like, been on my phone enough, been on my social media enough. So I just put my phone in airplane mode and end up taking this walk 12 hours long out my front door. No music, no podcast, just me alone and my thoughts. And when I got back to the, my front door, I was feeling great, tired, of course, but feeling great emotionally. 
walk in the front door. My dog jumps up on my lap. My wife looks at me and she goes, you're back. And I said, yeah, I told you I'd come back around dinner. But then she goes, no, no, you're back. Like you're back. Like she could see the shift had happened inside of my body, my mind, my spirit. And she was right. Now, I will say in this moment, I wasn't like, aha, I should write a book. Everyone needs to know about this. I had the opposite effect. I was like, wow, I'm the guy who walked across Antarctica by himself. Like, this is probably just like a me thing. But like, thank God I figured this because this really like helped recenter me and get me back on the straight and narrow. But I had all sorts of friends and family members, you know, colleagues, different people we knew in my community that were struggling during the same period of time. So I started just saying like, hey, I did this thing. I went on this walk all day long. Here were the parameters of it. And it changed everything for me. And before I knew it, dozens and dozens of people started taking me up on this idea. Young, old, fit, not so fit. I mean, this meets you right where you're at. It doesn't matter if you walk one mile. It doesn't matter if you walk 50 miles. You can take as many breaks as you want. But it's embracing a full day of stillness and silence in your own mind and walking and moving when you can. And everyone that I knew to take this walk came back, changed, shifted things unlocked, things they found inside of themselves, inner strength, inner power, you know, overcoming some, you know, grievances, of, you know, past of their life, forgiveness. I mean, just beautiful experiences. And so I thought, wow, I want to spread this message. So, so extremely long answer to your first question. I apologize, which is to say the 12 hour walk, it's a book. The subtitle is invest one day, conquer your mind and unlock your best life. At its core, it is an invitation for people to take a 12 hour walk of their own. Um, But there's more to it than the book. The book is about overcoming limiting beliefs. The book is edge of your seat storytelling, rich stories from, you know, climbing Mount Everest with my wife to walking across Antarctica to a bunch of different adventures, a bunch of different, also just different normal pieces of my life, all packaged in a way to share this wisdom about how we can all shift our mindset, overcome limiting beliefs, but through not just the words on the page, but through actually taking this action. And already we have thousands and thousands of people all over the world signed up doing this walk. It's changing people's lives. It's completely free to sign up. We can talk more about it. Um, But I'm passionate. My goal is to inspire 10 million people to take this walk right out their front door. Let's go. All right. So I love it. I mean, there is something interesting about you because as uh, the intro suggests, you are a 10-time world record holder, which in some weird way makes me feel like okay with the fact that I'm only 10 world records behind you. And also I will never even have one. Um, but there is, I think, because of what you do, there's you've seen part of the matrix. You've seen part of what happens when you push yourself to believe yourself capable of doing things that go beyond what normal people, you're not normal, uh, think is possible in their own life. And I like that you start the book with this question of like, what's your Everest? Because for you, your Everest is actually Everest because you're you. But I actually like wrestled with it like, oh, wow, like, am I dreaming big enough or thinking big enough in my own life for what I want to try and tackle that scares me or that I might have some limiting beliefs around? I actually, I just saw a post from Mike Posner, who I know you're also friends with, but he was answering a question about his own dreams. And he was recalling that, man, when I was a kid, I didn't have a capacity to even contemplate something as awesome as this life that I get to live right now. And I think that's something of a part of our human condition. We don't sometimes give ourselves enough space to dream big enough. And I'm curious if you have any insight as someone who does dream big and achieves big dreams, why it is that we don't claim something bigger when we think of what our Everest ends up being? 
No, I love it. I love it. Um, and I'm passionate about talking about this. As you, as you say, I, I frame that as the intro question really in the book to the reader, um, which is what's your Everest? And I acknowledge, I say, I, as a kid wanted to climb Mount Everest for whatever reason that popped into my brain. And I don't expect that to be other people's goals, wish, aspiration, but what is your Everest, right? It could be anything. It doesn't have to even be achievement oriented. Sure. It could be making millions of dollars. It could be impacting millions of lives. It could be family, entrepreneurship, love, creativity, music. There's no right answer to the question. The answer lives inside of you. This is your Everest, right? Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. One thing I've realized, I love what you say about uh, sort of aspirational goal setting and if we dream big enough or not. Just one thing I've realized is, so I have a nonprofit um, and I've spent a lot of years going around speaking to school kids um, about this, about their own Everest, setting goals, achieving big dreams, et cetera. And I started asking this question, what's your Everest? In elementary schools, in a gymnasium, you know, with COVID, it's been less in-person, unfortunately, but hopefully we get back to that soon. But over the years, lots of gymnasiums full of 500 elementary school kids at an assembly. And I say, I, I tell them a story and I say, what's your efforts? And I get 500 hands. They shoot up in the air. Like literally all 500 of them are in there. Eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds. And they want to tell me, not just tell me, but they want to speak up in front of all of their peers and say, my Mount Everest be the first person in my family to graduate from college, or my Mount Everest make sure their snow leopards are off the endangered species list or whatever. I mean, I just hear like dreams, wishes, aspirations, and they don't end the sentence, but saying, but I'll never get there because of blah, 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 blah. Now I asked that question to high school kids, half as many, half as many hands go up, college kids, a third as many hands go up. I, you know, as you know, I do a lot of public speaking, corporations and businesses. I ask like middle management, middle age, like folk, like people. I'm lucky if I get two hands in the back of a room somewhere raised up. Yeah. And so I've seen this pattern play out. So it forced me to ask, ask myself this question, like, what am I seeing anecdotally here? And I have a concept that I talk about in uh, the book that I call a possible mindset. Um, it's it part growth mindset, but there's some additional elements that including intuition and some other elements that I talk about, I call this this possible mindset, which I define as an empowered way of thinking that unlocks a life of limitless possibilities and the 12 hour walk itself, the book, but more importantly, the walk gets us back in touch with this possible mindset. But what I love to point out is we are actually born with this mindset. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in the anecdotal data, which is the kids, the eight, seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds are dreaming without limits. And for whatever reason, our society dampens our viewpoint on what we can do, what we're capable of, what we can achieve through the light, through, through life. Yeah. You know, it knocks us down. Yeah. But the 12 hour walk is a way to say, Hey, I'm not teaching you something you don't already know. I'm just reminding you of the limitless nature, the limitless power that already lives inside of you. I'm waking that, waking that back up. And so that question is, one is to ponder, if you know the answer to the question, what's your efforts? Great. 
The 12 hour walk is a great opportunity for you to spend 12 hours alone in your thoughts, figuring out the next steps, figuring out what roadblocks exist in your mind, you know, in the, in the world, whether that's money or, or, you know, time or whatever that is, you're figuring those things out. And each one of the chapters breaks that down. But then also there's a subset of people, which I acknowledge is a, is a decent subset of people, which they say, Colin, what if I don't know what my Everest is? It's a great question too. Yep. There's a great question. And maybe even a more important question. And I say, well, then the, give yourself, don't, I'm not giving you the gift of the 12 hour walk. I'm just suggesting it to you, but give yourself the gift of the 12 hour walk without phone, without distractions, without your, your kid, you know, you know, coming to say something funny to you and you know, whatever, a dinner you have to cook or a soccer practice, you have to drop off, you know, all the things, all the things that we want in our life, but taking one day away from that in the stillness and the silence of your own mind, your own thoughts to contemplate that, you will come back to your front door after 12 hours, I promise you, with a lot more clarity on that question. Like, oh, here's what's coming up for me when I actually have room to think, to room to breathe, room to be maybe bored or distracted in your own mind for a second. A lot of clarity bubbles up and the 12-hour walk is really uh, a gift from that standpoint. Oh, I love it. I, I tend to talk to a lot of people who find themselves lost, like they, they can't remember who they were. And uh, the question I tend to pose all the time is, who were you before you became who you've become? And I think the like time that mm. you have inside of this space that's void from any kind of moniker that you might have in relation to anyone else might have you reconnecting with who you were, what you were, and what you dreamed and how you felt about those dreams before you started seeding some of those dreams as not as important to the way that you might provide service or have a relationship as a parent, as a partner, as an employee, whatever it might end up being, getting back to that. That is, you know, I think for anyone who feels lost or stuck, man, there's something beautiful in that. Let's talk about the walk for a second. I don't want to dive into the limiting beliefs because I think so many of us, I am, I mean, I read through it. I'm like, yeah, I identify with this one. Yep, yeah, identify. There's so many universal things in the, in the beliefs that keep us from pursuing our own Everest, but the instructions for the walk are six simple steps. And I think it's yeah. important for anyone who wants to potentially put themselves into this environment to understand that you got to commit, record, unplug, walk, rest, and reflect. Will you just quickly take people through for someone who, hey, this is interesting. I want to pull on the thread here. What do they need to do to make this an effective use of time? Yeah, totally. So the, uh, the, the instructions are supposed to be very simple. Um, like, you know, so much so that the book is an essential companion to the walk, but if you're listening to this, yes, this can be, the instructions are a tweet. They are literally as simple as, I mean, I even, even getting away from the six simple step is walk out your front door, put your phone in airplane mode. Don't come back for 12 hours, period. Yep. That's, that's the whole thing, but, <laughs> but we'll go a little bit deeper, which is commit. So the first thing is commit. Um, there's endless amounts of research and data. I know you know this from all your work, Dave, like when people actually put something on the calendar, commit to it, that is a huge shift towards the momentum of actually completing the thing. So write the thing down. I have the 12hourwalk.com. It takes you 10 seconds to sign up. I become your accountability partner. It's completely free, but you send that. I know you're going, and I'm going to shoot you a few more emails and go, hey, you're a week out from your thing. You know, here's a few tips and tricks how to get through it. But more than anything, you're becoming accountable to yourself by saying, hey, I'm putting this date on the calendar. Uh, side note of that, people, a large participation of people are doing it on September 10th. So am um, I. Yeah, Dave is doing it on September 10th. 
literally this can be done any single day. There's actually people right now in the world doing this walk every single day and every single time zone, which means people are constantly doing the 12 hour walk 365 around the calendar around the world. But on September 10th, uh, thousands of people have signed up to do it. I'm doing it that day. Dave's doing it that day. So if you're looking for a day, you're going, I don't know which day I should September 10th. Yeah. You've got your date. We've got it for you. Um, so commit to that. It's free on the website. Record. I ask people both before and after to take a reflection of themselves. So literally you're holding your phone anyways, pull out your phone, record a selfie video. If you choose to share it with me or social media later, whatever, but I'm actually asking this so that you have a record of your own intention of the day for you to say, Hey, I'm taking this walk today. Here's my intentions. Here's the limiting beliefs I'm struggling with. Here's what I want to work out in my mind. Um, there, there's no, again, no right answer. This is for you, but for you to just set some intentions as you enter the space of the day. Unplug, simple as it sounds. Phone goes in airplane mode. I've created an app for the 12-hour walk that helps to track you so you don't get lost. There's a map. It works in airplane mode. Um, so you don't have the excuse of, oh, I had to turn on Google Maps and I saw the 95 Instagram you know, notifications and my text message and my email. Whatever. Nope. Phone on airplane mode, but take it with you for safety. Obviously, if something happens, you know, you want to have your phone with you. But the idea is to be unplugged for the day and the 12 hour walk will help to just track you and facilitate your actual walk itself and leave the rest of your phone um, to just be on silent for a day. Um, walk. That's the most important part. Walk, literally walk, walk when you can. Like I said, this is not something you have to train for. This is meant to meet you exactly where you're at. Exactly where you're at is perfect right now, today. I know like with your 60 day training programs and marathons and things I'm trained for, there's lots of things that, that you should train for. So this is not to say, oh, don't ever train for any, but the walk, this exercise itself is to just say, wherever you're at today is totally fine. If you need to walk for five minutes and take 20 minute break and then walk for five minutes, great. You know, um, there's people that aren't able-bodied who are doing the 12 hour walk by sitting in a wheelchair in stillness and silence of their own brain. This is really meant to meet you literally wherever you are at. There's no right way, but it's to commit to the entirety of the 12 hours rest. Like I said, rest, take as many breaks as you need. There's no, there's no right distance to this. And then last, when you get back to your front door, a moment of reflection in that same video format, or if you choose to bring a little journal with you or something like that, a lot of people do that as well. But I prompt people to take out their phone one more time and just look into the camera so that a month from now, a week from now, a year from now, you can go back in your camera and roll. What was I thinking at the end of that? Like it's, um, I remember Dave, when we did 2029 together and you got up to that mountaintop, it's like, we have that recorded because we had videos recorded, but it's like amazing to have that moment. It's like, right. I just finished this thing. Like yep. here I am in this moment, elated, fulfilled, clear in your own mind. And so it invites you to ask some reflection. So the shortest way, pick a day, record intention, put your phone on airplane mode, walk, but take as many breaks as you want along the day. Listen to your own body. The goal is not to injure yourself. It's to be, but moving your body when you can. And then take a reflection at the end to calcify at the end of 12 hours. What did you think about? What came up for you? What do you feel more strong and capable of now moving forward on the other side of this? Let's go. I'm excited. Uh, September 10th is going to be a, a breakthrough day. And uh, it's going to actually probably push against the first thing that you list as the limiting beliefs that we have to push through, which is comfort, because yeah. it will be uncomfortable to sit in silence for 12 hours. It'll be uncomfortable to be disconnected. It might even be uncomfortable to move my body for 12 consecutive hours. And yet the desire to remain in comfort or to avoid discomfort is a big part of why people don't pursue their Everest or even maybe allow themselves to dream big enough to have an Everest in mind. You've obviously pushed yourself out of comfort over and over and over in each of your expeditions. And 
I think you're probably one of the few people who has a really unique perspective on the power of discomfort for breakthrough, for strength, for learning, for all kinds of things. What is it about discomfort that's important in growth and how might some of what you've gleaned encourage someone to push back against comfort as a reason to not pursue their big dreams? Yeah, look, um, you know, it's been said a million times and I'll say it a million, million and one, which is growth happens outside the comfort zone. Um, that, that is, that is the truth. That are the facts. I write about this in the book from a, a very high paced adrenaline, uh, kind of fueled moment, which is me in a tiny little rowboat with 40 foot swells in the middle of the Drake passage, which is the ocean crossing between the Southern tip of South America and Antarctica. Uh, me and a group of friends were the first people to ever make that crossing in a fully human powered vessel. So we literally rode a dinky little rowboat across the most dangerous ocean in the world. Again, uh, if you want to see me get bashed around, um, and in some waves, uh, you can check out, there's a feature like documentary called the impossible row um also in the book there's these qr codes in the book that bring in a little video clips from from various parts of my expeditions to kind of bring it into sharper focus i share that story in the book um but the larger lesson is about discomfort and what it is is to say when i've had my whatever achievements crossing antarctica rowing a boat across Drake passage or all other sorts of things I've started to think about the spectrum of life, like how we experience each moment of life. And where my brain goes, where I've thought of is, I've started to think of life on kind of this scale of one to 10. So 10 being these peak moments, these high highs, right? It's, it's falling in love. It's, uh, it's uh, the day your first child is born. It's some big, a big achievement that, you know, a promotion at your job, maybe if that's something you deeply care about, or, you know, for me, crossing Antarctica and doing it, right? Like these, these peak life moments, we know what these are. The ones are the opposite of that, right? This is heartbreak. This is tragedy. This is the hard stuff in life, like the really difficult, challenging, gritty um, things that happen in life. And when I reflect on my tens, what I've come to realize is that I didn't actually get to my tens in spite of my ones by avoiding all of my ones. I actually got to my tens because of my ones. Yeah. My, my tens have come every single time on the back of experiencing some challenge, some hardship, because that's what made it, that's what gave it the juice. You know, I, I go so far as to use the, the rowboat analogy, it's to say like, you know, if you had dropped me off on a helicopter on the shores of Antarctica, I'd be staring, it might be a seven or an eight. Cause you'd be like, Oh my God, I'm in Antarctica. This is insane. Like, wow. But you row a boat to get there and you get to there and you're like, Oh my God, I'm here. I survived. Right. And again, it's a little bit of a ridiculous example, but the point is, is that I think too often people are stuck in what I call this zone of comfortable complacency. It's this four to six range. Not to say you don't want to be in your comfort zone some of the time, but I'm saying being stuck, 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 stuck in the zone of comfortable complacency. Now, it's like this. You got a job. You don't love it. You don't hate it. You go to work every day. It's just a five. It's like five, 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 just day after day five. Or you're in a relationship. It's not toxic. It's not horrible. It's not abusive. But like you're, you know, you're just like cohabitating and it's just like a five every yep. day. Like an entire life made up of fives is to me, actually my biggest fear. You know, people say, Colin, are you afraid of dying? And I said, I don't want to die. I'm not doing these risks. I want to like, I don't want to die. I'm not like some crazy adrenaline junkie. It's you know, contrary to popular opinion. But what I'm most afraid of is not fully living, not fully living. 
And I think if we spend our entire life so afraid of the ones, I'm not saying necessarily seek out the ones, but allow the possibility of some discomfort allows the pendulum to swing in the back of the direction of the tent. I mean, it's a silly example, but it's like, you're sitting at your house, you're looking at your kitchen. You're like, you know what? We should remodel this kitchen. We should remodel this kitchen. It's time to get a new kitchen. You know, like, you know, we saved up some money, whatever we want. We want to get a new kitchen. Great. Okay. Like you don't snap your fingers and you have a new appliance and a perfect backsplash and a nice new floors and whatever. I'll tell you what you do first. You rip all this stuff out. It sucks for like a month because like, you're like the water doesn't work and the plumbing, we have nowhere to cook dinner. And it's just like a pain in the butt. But guess what? On the other side of that, after the discomfort, after the like, you know, discomfort of it being annoying, you have this beautiful thing that you've created. I mean, again, that's a really silly example, but like apply that across. So how does it apply to 12 hour walk? How does it apply to growth? Will your feet get tired if you walk for 12 hours, even if you're taking a lot of breaks? Yeah, they likely will. Will your mind be in moments of discomfort because you're so used to being able to distract yourself on social media and get that dopamine hit and whatever else you can just kind of keep yourself occupied in day to day. And will 12 hours of silence and stillness in your own brain at some times be uncomfortable because you're not used to it? Yeah, it will. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It will. Yep. You're going to feel some twos and some threes, but I'll tell you what I have not yet. And there's been thousands already. I have not yet met a person who doesn't get back to their front door that their, their peak arc or that pendulum swing isn't way back closer to that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. Proud of what you've accomplished, proud of what you've done. And guess what? If nothing else, how many days do you not remember? What did you do last Tuesday? What did you do a month ago? What did you do? In 365 days, how many days actually imprint on you in some positive way? I promise you this, you walk with us on September 10th or any other day, and I ask you about it a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Like, have you like, yes, I did. I did do the 12 hour walk. You are going to remember this, which is you are setting yourself up for an opportunity to have a day that will imprint on you and have a positive reverberation all the way throughout. But it requires embracing a little bit of that discomfort to get there. It's so good. I, I mean, I actually think one of the things that I have struggled with, and I think other people probably will resonate too. There are times when I'm having my five experience and I'm saying, well, at least it's not a three. You know what? At least it's not a three. I could be having a three experience. I should feel grateful and lucky. There's privilege in my five because there's other people that have twos. And it disqualifies some of my belief that I could even reach for and attain sevens and eights. And so I almost like my, my mind can sometimes work against me and like, just be grateful for what you have. Don't you, don't you, you know, go wishing for too much, but that's not in what you've talked about, the possible mindset. It disqualifies what's possible for clinging to what already exists. And I think there has to be a way to have gratitude and, and, and an appreciation for what already exists and a desire to actually manufacture something more. But of course it takes pushing yourself outside of comfort to be able to attain it. And uh, that's part of what this call to action is for. A hundred percent. Come on, read me, read me the, uh, read me the tattoo. I want to hear the tattoo. Read me the tattoo. Uh, a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. I mean, I got it so I could remind my stinking self, and that's the reality, right? There are times when I'm like, I'm just happy that I got a boat in the dock, you know. And it's like, no, this is underutilizing the fact that the ship exists for the seas. So I'm, I'm, I'm so with you. All right, the second big uh, limiting belief that you have: I am not a fill in the blank. Right. Like you don't necessarily yet identify as someone who can do a thing. And I personally, I mean, I've been spending a ton of time with this word yet. Right. Like I'm not fill in the blank. 
yet. And I'm curious how yet is a part of how you would coach someone who doesn't think themselves qualified, doesn't identify yet with whatever it might be that's a requirement for their Everest. How do you convince someone that just because they aren't there now doesn't mean that they can't be there one day? The the setup of the the book, it, usually when people pick up the book, they know somebody at least read the inside cover of 10 world records, all these things, like whatever. And I one of the opening stories, as I as I mentioned, not 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 giving away all the stories of the book here on this podcast, because I think people will really enjoy the read. But I wrote this boat across the straight dangerous stretch of ocean. No one in history has ever done it. This epic. I set this world record. I believe whatever. And then I zoom people out of that and I re- and I take them to a moment where they think I'm on a rowboat again, which I am. And I fall off the rowboat and I fall flat in my face and I stand up and I'm in six inches of water. And it's actually a flashback to just three months before I tried to row a boat across the most dangerous stretch of the ocean. Because it turns out I had never, when I set that goal for myself, rowed a boat anywhere, ever. Not at <laughs> summer camp, not like a lifelong of rowing and seafaring and all this kind of stuff. I had literally never done it before, ever. In fact, I mentioned the Discovery Channel documentary before. I actually set myself this goal, went and took a bunch of meetings around LA and Hollywood to go pitch this as this great documentary feature and get people on board. I know you know this world well from your time at Disney, like, you know, you're, you're doing it, developing an idea or whatever. And like Discovery Channel's like, this is amazing. We want to film this. Wow. Colin, this adventure, this is going to be epic. They signed the, you know, the big contract to do the big film production, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, just a quick FYI, now that we all signed up on this. I actually have never rode a boat anywhere. And they're like, we're starting filming in three weeks. I'm like, yep, I better start learning quick because I'm not a rower, dot, 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 yet. Yeah. Yet, yet. So again, maybe that sounds ridiculous. Maybe that sounds reckless. But I think that there's an essence in that for all of us, which is it is so easy. And I'm look, every single one of these limiting beliefs in this book, this book is not a highlight reel of my life. I share some of the achievements I've had, but through the lens of all of my failures, all of my setbacks, all of my fears, all of my anxieties, it's very kind for you to say that I'm not normal or Superman without a cape or whatever you said earlier. But the truth is I am having a human experience just like every other person. And I am afraid of stuff. I am anxious. I am nervous. I doubt myself. I, I'm afraid that people criticize all the things I've experienced all of these things. I have con- have figured out how to shift off many of them, really grab onto that possible mindset. And that's what this walk in this book teaches how we all can do this. But here's the thing about this, this, this yet we so often at whatever age, I don't know what the exact age is, but stop like reinventing a new identity for ourselves. They're just like, I'm this, you know, as you've talked about so much on your podcast and all the amazing work you've done, the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, right? It's just the, I'm this and I'll never be anything else. Well, if that's how you think, that's probably a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you say, I don't know how to do this yet, or I am not this thing yet, you know, you think about it. You're like, you look at Stephen King, you know, prolific, 64 novels that have all, you know, number one New York Times bestseller, one of the most famous, you know, authors of all time, of all time, you know, hundreds of millions of books sold. Like there was a time when Stephen King sat down and wrote the first paragraph of his first book. That there that exists like that just that's a that's a truth yep. right. Meryl Streep had to try out for her school play before she's the Meryl Streep that we know with all the Oscar nominations and the this and that or whatever. Meaning like you can be a beginner because guess what? All of the people you admire in whatever way that you admire them or whatever field you admire them to, 
they are beginners. Or I know there's a lot of mothers and parents that, that listen to this podcast. Like you weren't a mother and then you gave birth, which is this most insanely incredible thing that the human body can do. And then someone handed you a child and was like, Hey, you're a mother now. (laughs) (laughs) You're a father now. Right. Like, you know, and those, what's interesting is that the reason I bring that up is that in those contexts, we're forced into it. Someone actually, I mean, by choice, wanted to have a child, but like, you're like, okay, I actually have this thing. I'm holding on to it. I now, it's my requirement to take care of this human being that is my child. Then you have to own that identity. So I asked the question, which is, if you've been able to own that kind of identity, because that's one of the most bold, amazing, hard, challenging, beautiful things you can ever do, then how hard is it to say, I am a rower, Yeah, I am a writer. I am a fill in the blank, whatever it is you want to be. You get to claim that identity. I'm not, I'm, I'm not someone who can walk for 12 hours. Cool. Guess what? Put it on your calendar. 12 hours later, officially, you are a 12 hour walker. Congratulations. Yeah. Like you have proven to yourself that by making one shift, one commitment that you are this and, and that, and that's what it's all about. Well, it's crazy because a couple of the limiting beliefs in the book actually dovetail into my experience the first time I met you as we were climbing the mountain in either this, like, you are who you surround yourself with in a pushback against, I don't have the right connections or the right people. Like, having you as a person in my periphery while I'm climbing a mountain fundamentally changed the way that I felt like I could push back against a limiting belief of, I don't have what it takes. Because I was now in the presence of you showing me that, oh, yeah, I know that I can do this. This Colin speaking here. I know I can do this because I've done it before. And I still remember, I tell the story all the time, that we rode down on a gondola after the second of 13 climbs. I had no concept of who you were. You were having conversation with my ex-wife the entire time. I was shocked that you guys had the oxygen in your lungs to actually carry that conversation. And as we (laughs) sat down in the gondola to kind of introduce ourselves to each other, All I kept thinking was, this dude is made of skin and bones the same way that I am. I am actually taller. I have longer leg span than him. Like, you're physically, you know, prolific. And yet I'm bigger than you are. I should be able to climb up this stinking mountain. And even though as you go through the resume of like, yeah, I just crossed Antarctica. I'm like, oh, I had trouble getting to the kitchen without groaning this morning. There was something (laughs) in the proximity to your own humanity that gave me permission to push back against this lie that my brain in real time was telling me that I didn't have what it took to do 11 more ascents after only having done two, and I was struggling. But that's part of the power of being in a circle where you can see what's actually possible from other people who can model it themselves. But also, there was a little bit of like, just that like recognition of, oh wow, if you can do it, so can I, that, was such an important fuel for me to keep going. Just just turn right at the bottom of the hill and climb back up. And now that, by the way, when I finished, good Lord, I had this reframed thought of what I had as a capacity for both mentally and physically that was the byproduct of continuing to put one foot in front of the other. And I just, again, I give you a ton of credit for having been there at a time when, man, I needed someone to remind me that I can do hard things. Yeah, man. And you earned that red hat. You earned that red hat, which is what you get when you complete the the Everesting challenge. And it, look, it's the 12 hour walk. It's even more accessible than that because it's an invitation at your front door, but it's teaching from the same place. Right. Which is to say, like, 
I've had a lot. I mean, people are recording these videos now, right. With this walk and they, they send them to me. I'm getting all these amazing videos um, that people are sending to me. It warms my heart. And, you know, I always try to tell people, you know, commit to the whole 12 hours commit. That's what it is. The magic is in the commitment to the entirety. It's not like a baby steps thing, but of course, some people are like, well, I only walked out of my door thinking I could do two. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just try that. And I tell them, you know, take as many breaks as you want, but commit to the whole day. The amount of people that have said to me numerous, just this past weekend, I got numerous videos from different people who've never met each other, had a similar experience. I walked out my door and I told myself, there is no way that I could ever walk or stay out here longer than one hour. But I like what Colin's talking about. So I'm going to walk out my front door and at least test it for one hour. And they send me a video 12 hours later in tears, in tears going, I walked a marathon today. I walked, it doesn't matter the distance, 18 miles, whatever it is. But like I, I, after one hour, I thought if I can do one hour, I can do another hour. You told me I can take breaks. So I took a break, but you know what? On that break, I got even stronger and I started actually walking further an hour seven, an hour eight, an hour nine. I'm so tired, but I did it. Meaning like just by committing, just by being, getting out your front door, you give, you're in the game. You give yourself the opportunity for you and I in that 29 out of 29 experience, because we were both serendipitously on that mountain and it happened to be in lap two that we had this great conversation uh, in this gondola that impacted you to stay out there. However, you know, dozens of hours later, it's the same thing. Put yourself in the game. Yeah. Take the risk. Take the risk. The thing about the 12 hour walk that I've noticed for people that I love about it is the experience actually starts right now. What I mean by that is this, is that if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to Dave and I, you know, chop it up with one another. This is maybe the first time you're hearing about the 12 hour walk. Something happens in your brain right now when this is being suggested to you for the first time. Now there might be 1% of you that are, I hope there's more than 1% that are already on the website, already went to 12hourwalk.com, already signed up. I'm walking with Dave and Colin on September 10th or whatever date works in your calendar. You're in. Awesome. Great. Welcome to the tribe. I'm so great to have you. And maybe there's some small percentage, hopefully it's very small, but they're like, this is the stupidest podcast I've ever heard. I hate these guys. Unsubscribe, delete, you know, <laughs> block on Instagram, whatever. Like it's just the stupidest, literally worst thing. Hopefully there's very few of those, but maybe there's a couple of those. But I think the vast majority of people, let's call it 97% of people are in the middle or in this gray area, which is we're having this conversation, this 12 hour walk idea is being suggested to you. And your brain goes something like this, huh? There's probably some benefit. I could probably use that. But then what usually happens is the limiting beliefs. And that's why I say the experience starts happening right now. But you go, but I got a busy job. And on the weekends, I got my kids and I got my this. There's no way I'll have the time. Or I don't like being uncomfortable. Or, you know, I'm going to tell this to my family or my spouse, but they're going to make fun of me. They're going to criticize me about how this is a waste of time or da 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 da, or like whatever. Or, you know, what if I do it for an hour or two, but then I have to like turn my phone back on and call somebody up to fit. What if I fail? Like, that's going to be so embarrassing. I told people I was going to do it and like, whatever. So I shouldn't even try. Guess what? Those limiting beliefs that you're applying to the first time you're hearing the 12 hour walk. And that's why I love to say the experience starts now just by being suggested it. I am holding up a mirror to you. Yeah. I'm holding up a mirror to you. Because the mirror, whatever you're, there's no wrong answer to what your interior dialogue is right now. Funny enough, even I do this walk, I do it like quarterly now. I still sometimes go, oh, is that Saturday the right day? Because I have the other thing or whatever. And I start, I catch myself, I'm like, hilarious, Colin. You wrote the book about overcoming limiting beliefs. And the first thing you apply to even your own walk is a limiting belief. Yep. But here's the thing. 
those aren't, we don't call them limiting facts or limiting truths. We call them limiting beliefs because they're just that beliefs. They can be rewritten, reshaped, reframed. And so even whatever you're applying, maybe that's popping up for you in this moment, when you're first hearing about it, you get a choice to shift off of that. So you could say, oh, I don't really have the time for this, whatever, but you still commit to September 10th. You make the time, you prioritize the time. When you finish the 12 hour walk, the repercussions of that is these same limiting beliefs you applied right now probably come up for you over and over and over again. But the next time they come up, you go, oh, hello, my friend, limiting belief. I see you there. You come up from now and again. But I just proved that I don't have to listen to you every single time. And that possible mindset voice gets a little bit louder. And that limiting belief voice gets a little bit quieter. And that's the longstanding ripple effect of committing to this walk, doing it, completing it, is proving to yourself that you are the story that you tell yourself. The story you tell yourself, you get to choose. You get to choose. Change this world, Colin. Come on, man. This is a big, big idea. I love you, brother. All right, let's uh, let's wrap with a single thing. If there is someone here, whether they got a seed plant or not, they're on board or hating, whatever it is, they need something from you today, a single piece of advice, a quote, uh, an inspirational thought. What is the single thing that you would leave with our listeners today that they are desperately needing to hear? You said a quote, so I'm just going to go with what I, I open a quote, and it's somewhat a depressing quote, but I'm going to leave it on an extremely positive note, which is, There's a Henry David Thoreau quote that I opened the book with that says, the massive men lead lives of quiet desperation. Now, I think he says men in the context of man, humanity, but we'll we'll, we'll give him a pass. So the massive men, woman, he, he, she, they, whatever, however you want to identify, but the massive men lead lives of quiet desperation. Now, that quote is often misquoted, but I love the second half of the misquote, so I'm going to include it. He didn't actually write this, but it says the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation and die with their song still inside of them. That's sad to me, man. Yeah, That is a sad thought to me. But I start that with saying my goal is that we all are singing our songs. We all have this song inside of us. We all have a Mount Everest to climb. It is in there. It's not, it's not for me to tell you what it is. It's not for Dave to tell you what it is. It is not even your spouse or your best friend or your sister. It is for you. You have a song inside of you. You have a masterpiece to be painted. Give yourself the gift of the stillness, of the silence, of a 12 hours might seem like a lot of time. It's half of one day. It's not even a full day. It's daylight of one day. That investment, because I, the reason that I am so passionate about this is not because it's literally free. I don't get a dollar for every person that does the 12 hour. It's free. Sign up. It is free. Free as free can be. It's right at your front door. It costs you nothing except for the time. But why? What's my why? I've set myself the goal of inspiring 10 million people to do the 12 hour walk. Because I think if 10 more million people in this world are singing the song that is inside of them, the ripple effect of that is a symphony, is a choir, is beauty, is grace, is fulfillment. The ripple effect of that is the world that I want to live in. And so find that song, sing that song. God, that's that's good, man. That is good. We are not going to go any further. That is the place to end Colin, you are an inspiration, so good at what you do. And man, you are making a ripple effect in this world that will change it forever and ever. Amen. 
If someone is currently not a follower of yours, if someone's interested in more info on you or the book or anything else around the walk, where do you send people in the internet world? Uh, 12hourwalk.com. That's the numeral one, two, 12hourwalk.com. It's got all the information. We didn't get into it, but people, of course, where do I go to math bathroom? What food do I wear? How, you know, what food do I eat? What shoes do I wear? There's FAQs page on there, et cetera. Come to the 12hourwalk.com, sign up, join Dave and I on September 10th. If you're looking for a day, Dave and I will be out there walking with you in spirit um, and are in our own minds as well. And I'm at Colin O'Brady on Instagram. So uh, come say hello to me there. And of course, the 12 hour walk also has an Instagram. So come say hello, come say hello, come say hi, walk with us. Uh, I can't wait for you to join us. Fantastic. I love you, brother. I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to walk with you on September 10th. And I hope that everyone who's listening not only just took something away from this, but also considers joining us for the walk, whether it's on the 10th of September or some other day. Between now and next week, I hope that you will consider what song inside of you needs to be sung. Thank you, Colin, for being here. And thank you, listener, for listening to another episode. We will be back next Thursday, and we'll see you then. Thanks, brother. I love you, bud. Hey, y'all. While I am taking a hiatus from social media, I'd still love to stay connected to you on the regular. If you head over to MrDaveHollis.com, I have an opportunity for us to become one-way pen pals. Yep, I'm going to be sending out regular updates, uh, stories, uh, observations, hopefully things that will also make you laugh or think. Uh, and I'd love to be able to do that on the reg. So if you uh, are so inclined, hit MrDaveHollis.com, drop in your email, and buckle on up. I love you all. Thank you for all the continued support. Let's go.